All right, ATS Podcast, Episode 7. Today, we have a special guest. Started his career at South Carolina, went to UVA, went overseas, and went to my hometown, Washington Wizards. It's Anthony Gill. He is here. We're going to ask him a little bit about his playing career, dive in, see you know, how his game changed over time, and get a little, we'll get to know him a little bit better. So I'm going to start off by asking Anthony, you know, we all have our welcome to the league moments, whether it's getting crossed up, whether it's getting yammed on, whatever it is. What would you say yours was in the NBA, maybe? Um, for me, I would probably say it was – there's not, like, one specific moment that stands out. It was more just, like, a surreal moment, you know, that I had been playing professional for years before I got over here uh, to America. Um, and then when I first stepped on the court preseason uh, against Brooklyn, uh, and I was on the court with KD uh, and guys like that, you know, I was just like, man, like, I'm finally here. Not so much like, you know, and and all of those guys just like, man, I've been watching these guys for years on TV and now, like, I'm here. Like, and then I remember right after I thought about that, uh, Jeff Green shot a jump hook right over top of me. <laughs> like, oh, man, I need to lock in. You know, I can't be, like, just thinking about, like, oh, I'm finally here. I got to really – take advantage of my time. So uh, right. that moment I realized like, man, like I'm finally here. Yeah. So. Um, I actually, I actually want to ask a question dating back to your college career. Um, you started out in Columbia at South Carolina before transferring to Tony Bennett's team in Virginia. Um, it seems like the transfer portal new rules are very popular in college. Do you wish that, um, you know, you didn't have to sit out a year and that, that those rules were in place back then? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that was back then it was like it was a huge deal to transfer because, yeah. you know, yeah. taking a year out of your playing career to sit out and develop and everything like that. Uh, so it was I kind of do wish it was a little different, you know, because, you know, I could just go straight into playing. But yeah. that year that I had, you know, for me, I wouldn't take it back for anything. You know, that was like I developed as a player. I developed as a person, as a man, everything. And like. Before I got to UVA, like, if you asked me what type of player I was, like, I couldn't give you an answer. Like, I had no – if you asked me how I was scoring points at South Carolina, I would just be like, I had no idea. Like, I, I couldn't even figure out, like, how my body was moving and, like, how I was running. Like, like thinking back on that time, I'm like, man, like, how did I even put the ball in the basket? So, like, that year for me was, like, a good development year and understanding, like, who I was as a player. Yeah, for sure. That's dope. So, yeah, I kind of just wanted to touch base on that, too. So, playing under Tony Bennett, obviously, great experience, I'm sure. So, what was your biggest takeaway from him overall? Be professional. You know, his his not only Coach Bennett, but his whole entire staff, like Rich McKay, Jason Williford, uh, Ron Sanchez, all those guys who are coaching at a high level now, they taught me how to be more professional um, more than anything and how to be a man more than anything first. And, you know, I think UVA does a great job of developing guys like that. If you look at all the guys around in the league, you know, who went to UVA, if you if you hear about their reputation, usually it's um, it's a good reputation. Usually they have their their head on their shoulders straight and uh, they know what they want out of life and, and you know, they ha know how to handle themselves. So for me, that was the biggest thing that I learned. And my biggest takeaway is, you know, always be on time, you know, always treat everybody with respect and love and, and, and those kind of things. Just 
the, the kind of basic human decencies that most people kind of miss out on in their college experiences because, you know, they're, they're always praised and everything like that. You know, for me, that was probably the biggest takeaway is like how to be professional. Gotcha. And you still keep in touch with Malcolm and London and all those guys or now? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Those okay. are my boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Anthony, another thing I noticed was uh, you weren't much of an outside shooter, a three-point shooter in college. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, now in the NBA, we see you taking a lot of threes and making a lot of threes. When and how did you kind of make that jump in your game and uh, bring that outside perimeter shooting to your arsenal? Uh, yeah, so I went – when I was at South Carolina, I shot the three. Then I transferred to UVA, and the system kind of, you know, dictated that I wasn't going to shoot that many. So uh, I kind of had to adjust to that, um, which was fun, man. Like, again, you had to learn – basketball is all about adapting. So, like, if if you're not the best player on the team or you're not going to be the one who's shooting all the shots, you have to figure out, you know, how can I be productive in the, in the minutes that I do have? And adjusting and sacrificing a little bit, little part of my game in order for me to, you know, be able to be on the court was a no brainer for me. You know, if I don't get to shoot the three in college, like that's okay. I'll find another way to score. Uh, and then as soon as I went to my next professional year, uh, I was shooting threes and right kind of back to normal, picking up, you know, where I left off from South Carolina. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. So I kind of want to switch to the Wizards. So I'm, you know me, I'm a huge Wizards fan. And I've seen over the past years with the coaches, with Scott Brooks and Wes Onsell, you know, with Wes, it seemed like defensively we were a lot better. Um, I was just wondering if you noticed a difference in their coaching styles, um, maybe something you took away from each of them. Um, not going to ask you who you enjoyed playing under more, but maybe something, maybe their coaching styles, like what, what do they specialize in? Specifically. Uh, both great coaches, you know, first and foremost, like a lot of experience, um, you know, coach Unsell, he's only been a head coach for this one year, but uh, he's been an assistant and all over the league for years, you know, and uh, coach Brooks, you know, obviously he's, he has his, uh, his uh, rap sheet and everything like that. So he's, you know, he's a great coach in his own right. And, um, you know, I think they both have, good things about him. Uh, coach Brooks was like a player's coach. So like, you know, he played the game uh, on the same level as us. So he could really connect with us uh, in ways that, you know, the, another coach couldn't, you know, cause he understood like everything that we've gone through and, you know, you know, the daily grind of everything. Uh, coach Unsell, uh, just unbelievable person. You know, he's, his knowledge for the game, his attention to detail for the game is, you know, unbelievable. And uh, for everybody to understand, like, you know, this guy puts a lot of time into this game. And, you know, as players, we can, we can see that and we can understand that, you know, he, he really does put so much thought into everything that we do. Yeah. I actually, Anthony, saw um, – I saw an interview from Luka Doncic um, a few years ago when he said um, – he said scoring the ball overseas was actually harder than scoring in the NBA um, with all the continuation rules and the fouls or whatever. Um, you have a lot of history playing overseas. What would you say the biggest difference is like offensive wise um, playing overseas versus in the NBA? And is that statement true? You think? Uh, 100%. So in Europe, they would just find the tallest, biggest guy they could and put him in the paint because there's no three seconds. Yeah, that's so if you know that, it's hard to get 
the lane because there's a big old seven foot guy from Serbia just sitting down there ready to foul you as soon as you come in the lane. Um, you know, and, and there's more of a attention to detail on a defensive end and every possession matters uh, in Europe as far and as well as every game, you know, the way they structure their seasons um, and the schedule, every game that you play matters. So everybody's going all out every possession. So, and in a lot of ways, you know, what he says is, is true, um, but don't don't get it wrong. You know, like it's it's definitely still hard to score in the NBA. You know, you yeah, see, no, uh, no I just saw <laughs> tonight. You know, go go a game where he only scored one point, uh, played twenty seven minutes. You know, it's it's still tough. You know that you know he's a great player. Great Jay, Jay Crowder is, and for him to go one point in twenty seven minutes just speaks to you know how tough it is. You know, a lot of stuff you guys don't think about, like flow of the game, like who's got it going, you know, how is my team operating right now? Uh, is it best for me to get this shot, force up a shot or get the next man the ball? You know, a lot of those kind of things, you know, play into everything that goes into to scoring the ball in the NBA. So it's, it's, they both are tough, but Europe was a little bit tougher. That's awesome. So I just have another question about the Wizards. So you were there in the playoff run last year against the Sixers in the playing game. Um, you obviously saw the leadership of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. And I was just wondering maybe like what you took away from them. And like, you know, you saw them at their peak in, in the prime moments of the NBA. So I was just wondering like, you know, how they were as leaders and maybe what they said to everyone. Yeah. You know, for, for me, Brad is more of like, you see what I do. And that's how I lead. You know, he's every day come in and, and do what he has to do. Every day, his approach to the game is, you know, you can't you you can't compare it to anybody else. You know, he's always here, ready to do his job, ready to come out and, and get a bucket, really. Uh, and you kind of have to play match his level. Um, with Russ, it was a lot more of the same thing, but a lot more vocal. You know, he held everybody accountable. Um, vocally and you know made sure everybody was doing what they needed to do make sure everyone understood what their role was um on the team um you know but uh, also what i take the biggest thing from russ is like he played hard every single game you know for every single game that he stepped out on the court like i know he gets a lot of crap from you know the media and everybody but like this guy body i've ever seen before um and to just watch that on a daily basis you know really motivated me to go out there and like if this guy who has accomplished all these things is playing this hard every single game, like what, what's stopping me from doing it? You know? So those are the two biggest takeaways I can you know, think of coming from those two great leaders that we have, uh, we had, you know, in Russ and, and still have him and Brad. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I kind of have an unbasketball related question. Um, you know, throughout the season, you're traveling a lot. There's a lot of road trips. Um, what cities kind of are you guys like you kind of look at your calendar and look forward to and how often do you guys get to kind of enjoy yourselves during the season and go out, you know, maybe like night after a game or whatever, James Harden strip club right before the game or whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, me, I wouldn't know about any of those kind of activities, but uh, you know, I'm always good down for a good dinner, you know, and mm -hmm. every city we go into, I try to, you know, facilitate, facilitate some kind of dinner with the team so we can get some team bonding in and stuff like that. I'm also different than a lot of guys. Like everybody looks forward to like the Miami's and LA's, you know, for me, that's great, you know, but a lot of times it can take your focus away. So like, mm -hmm. I look forward to like, OKC, 
Detroit, like those kind of places where I know I can be locked in, still have a good time, you know, and go out to enjoy dinner and stuff like that, be with the guys and the team. But uh, I look forward to those kind of cities. It also reminds me of uh, where I grew up, you know, small town, uh, kind of blue collared feel, you know, and I love those kind of cities. What's your go-to meal? Just wonder. Go-to meal, man. I have, I can tell you my game day meal. So yeah. my game day meal is five turkey sausage links, uh, an acai bowl, two hash browns. So like two hash brown patties and then uh, like two Eggo waffles. That's awesome. Yeah. Every game day. That's the only thing I eat all day until the game. So <laughs> love that. I'm going to try that out. <laughs> hey, man. It works for me. I, I'm loving it. <laughs> You'll see me on the Wizards next year, man. Well, both Wizards fans here. Um, uh, can we count on getting you back in DC? Hey, man, it's, it's. I would love to be here. It's not up to me at this point. You know, it's up to the management and everything like that. So, I love the guys here. I love the city. So it's it's all up to the management and uh, my agent really to see where see where it goes from here. Yeah, I mean, we'd love to have you back. I just have one more question, a um, little bit. Little, we'll, let's, we'll see how you answer this. But you've been in a couple locker rooms in the NBA. Um, who's, like, the biggest clown, prankster you've oh, ever been in the locker room with? Easy. is Denny Obdia. I do. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Uh, oh, man. Everything is always a joke. Like, really? He walks in and he's looking like for somebody to joke with. Like and sometimes like he likes to play this like, you know, I'm European, I don't understand that much, like kind of thing was going on. Like, you can tell like he knows and like I've I knew him in Europe too. So like I know exactly when like he's like playing this game. So like for sure it's Denny. Oh, you knew him in Europe? Yeah, we played against each other for three years. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I know uh, Rui went through his little TikTok phase also, so I was wondering if he'd be uh, in the running for that. <laughs> Let me tell you, combination of – so, like, the way I've explained it is, like, there's a hierarchy of Kuzmas on our <laughs> So, like, there's Denny at the bottom, then there's Rui in the middle, and then there's Kuz. And they're all trying to work their way up to be the ultimate Kuz level. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're that doing it. Sense. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know this, but it actually says on your Wikipedia page that uh, it says that you have a reputation around the league of being a prankster and that you made up stories such as owning a two-headed Siamese cat hey. and being a magician in your free time. I can neither confirm or deny any of these things, so <laughs> you just have to be around me to understand what goes on. Like, uh, I mean, I could magic tricks but you would have to be a person like that's the thing <laughs> <laughs> next time we're at a wizards game we'll yell down to you to kind of to show us like a halftime show <laughs> uh if they can work me in in the halftime show that would be great like i, I would put on the show i don't think yeah. Coach happy with me you know performing at halftime but <laughs> it'll be all right that's all the Martin, jackie moon you'd be like jackie moon exactly <laughs> everything in charge of everything i'll make it happen that's awesome. I think All we're right, going to stick so, to uh, NBA playoffs now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Let's talk NBA playoffs. It's been a little crazy, honestly, um, with the Timberwolves being the Grizzlies. But who do you have coming out of the East? I'm just curious who you think is going to come out of there. Man, I can't pick a, a certain team. You know, for me, it's hard enough to watch these games. Yeah, right. Let, 
go through and say like, these guys are going to win it, you know, as a competitor, I just get, so I'm like, I watch these, these games and I'm like, Oh, like, and then they show, they like pan to the, to the fans. And I'm like, is that another player from another team? Like in the stands? Like I'm, I get it. Like I get it. They're supporting their friends and everything like that. But as a competitor, I'm just like, I can't be the one who's, you know, sitting well, here. What's just- his name? Was there Julius Randall? Was that the, um, what game is he at? Is he at the Mads game? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. That's yeah. a good example of that. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, I'm just like, man, this is like, this is different for me. You know, like I, I want to be here. So like for me to go to a game and watch it, it would be tough, but you know, it's, it's a humbling experience too, to go there and just be like, man, this is where I want to be next year. So I can't really put my finger on one team. You know, you know, a lot, all the teams are great. You know, we just played Boston at the end of the year and they were rolling, man. Um, you know, along with Brooklyn, who is also you can't deny the talent that they have, even though their record, you know, they're a different seed than they usually would be. But you can't. KD is one of the best players in the league. So is Kyrie. So how, how can you go against those guys? Uh, but then you look at every other team in the East who's like who's up there, like the Heat. They've been going under under the radar all year. You know, mm-hmm. Number one, number two all year. And then no one's talks about them. So. It'll right. be interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many good teams in both East and West. It's kind of hard to really like lock in on one, even if you, you know, we're just trying to pick one. But yeah, that's you'll be there, man. <laughs> you'll be there. Don't worry. As long as you keep working. DC you'll be rising. There. DC rising. Yes, sir. I believe that, man. Hey, look, even if we weren't there, I still wouldn't be able, you know, I still can't go out there and root for somebody else, you know. I feel that. <laughs> I feel that. Man. It yeah, feels I mean, look, like it seems like around the league, the uh, playing game has been very popular with players and fans. Um, are you a big fan of that? And do you think it uh, makes the playoffs more exciting? It definitely gives the fans something, you know, to look forward to. You know, it's another game where like, man, my team could be in or out. Um, but then I just look at like those teams who are like seven and eight, and you're like, man, they worked hard for that seven and eight spot. But then there's a the possibility they can make one, one or two games just get knocked out. Yeah. Uh, so like that's the tough part, but I do think it's good for the game in the sense that, you know, they it brings a lot more excitement, you know, for the fans and it, about the it's all about the fan experience really, yeah. You know? And that's what it comes down to, you know. We want to make sure the fans are as happy as they you know they can be, and you know, because ultimately, you know, they they provide a, a living for us. So yeah. that if that's what works, that's what works. And, and not just that. I mean, Patrick Beverly thought he won an NBA Finals the other day when he won his plan. So <laughs> the players are happy too. It seems like. Hey man, he's he's passionate about it. But you love to see that man. It's I love like, it. I love. I it. loved it. I, I thought it was it. sick. You get like you get the real emotion, like, and that's like you would you would rather see that than somebody just like oh like now we're in the playoffs. You know, it's like that 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 to me was awesome. Like to see the fan base get behind him and. And cheer them on and everything like that. Like that was that was cool. Can we see? Can we see that from you uh, with our next DC playoff win? We will. I don't, that, <laughs> you know, I, I like to stay like under the radar. So like <laughs> thing, like, I'll just probably go back to the locker room and we can talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> Job not finished yet. <laughs> That's dope. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Hope to see you in a Wizards uniform next year. Giving us great minutes all year. We'd love to have you back. And yeah. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me, man. I I, I know when my wife uh, kind of reached out to me about this, man, it was uh, 
it was one of those things like, of course, man, Wizards fans, like, I, I got to take advantage of this, man. Of course. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, it means a lot. It means a lot. Well, yes, good sir. luck with your offseason, and we, we hope to have you back in D.C. next year and for, for the long term. All right, guys. Well, you guys have a good one, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you.